Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of Astrology Did Not Change My Life. I am still that bitch, hosted by your girl, Plutonian Aquarius. Now, before I even get in to today's content, I wanted to actually go through some housekeeping stuff. And this has been a long time coming. I've been talking about it in the last couple of episodes. If you've been keeping tabs, my official website is now live. And again, this was something that took quite a bit of time just trying to figure out logistics. Because in case you don't know, this is actually just a one woman show. Everything I do, it's coming from out of out of my pocket, and it's just me. I do all of the editing, I do all of the artwork creation, and all of the ideas come from me. So it does end up being a lot on me, but this is my passion project. It fuels me, and so I love it. <laughs> it's as simple as that, even though it is a lot of work, but sometimes it doesn't always feel like work. But regardless, The website did take a while for me to figure out just navigation, how everything would flow together, and I am picky about things like that. Um, I have a very specific artistic vision that I like to stick by, in case you guys haven't noticed. I really love the neons. I love the contrasting color schemes. And so my website isn't that jarring as a lot of like the podcast artwork is, I promise you. It's a lot more aesthetic, but it definitely is colorful. But regardless, that website is now an official place to access all of the services that I do provide, just all of my astrology services, so all of the readings that, again, I do provide. And so rather than having it kind of just be a little bit unofficial on Instagram, I wanted to actually just create a whole guideline whole official store that you can access at your own leisure and go through what works for you. And I have multiple different offerings for readings. And I do have a lot of other small little mini things like the ICU series. So I'm going to just I'm just going to take a minute to talk about the readings itself. So my price range for the readings go from 25 to 400. The $400 is for the official full birth chart reading. And the reason why, again, it's so expensive is because I go really in-depth when it comes to your personal planets, your outer planets, in relation to the 12th house system. And I also talk about your four angles, which is the rising sign, the descendant, the midheaven, and the fourth house. And I also look at all of the aspects to your personal planets. And in addition, I'm also looking at your planets within the house system and how they all interact. The simplest way to really say it is that I look at you as the main character where I see your potential. And I provide you a picture of what potential you have and everybody has potential to be their highest self or their be the highest version of themselves in, in a way, like the best version of yourself. Because I know a lot of the times people like to believe that, well, because of things that have happened to me in the past, 
there's no hope for me. When in reality, I want to challenge you on that. Challenge that mindset. Challenge that idea that there's no hope for you. And that maybe the things that you went through were maybe just a lesson or a, in a way guidance to help you understand that there is so much that you can contribute to the world. I also talk about your North Node while we're talking about what you can contrib contribute to the world. Because again, your North Node is your purpose in this lifetime, what you were here to do. And so I bring, I take all of those aspects and all of those elements of your chart into consideration to paint you a picture of you and all of the potential that you have. And again, maybe there are wounds that you have that can sometimes prevent you from seeing yourself in that light. And so that's well, the reason why I do charge quite a bit. And I, my full reading en ends up being like six to seven pages. That's the full document. And also, I can only do one reading a month. I do put in a lot of time and effort into looking at your chart in the most objective lens and also making sure that I'm providing you the most insight possible. And so that's the reason why my readings, unfortunately, are a little bit more expensive. And I know that a lot of this information can be overwhelming at first as well. And so I want to make sure that it's an investment for you. And so if it's not something that you're ready for yet, that's fine. And that's also the reason why it's kind of higher, again, higher priced and it has a higher tier because when you're ready to make that investment, it's there for you. And because it's a lot of information at, at once to respect my time and your time, unfortunately, that's the reason why I priced it higher. And again, I know it just sounds like a little bit redundant for me to talk about why my readings are priced the way that they are, but I want you to understand why and what you're getting out of this reading and what makes me different than other astrology readers. And again, a lot of the readers that do do astrology readings on your birth chart specifically and are priced a lot lower, yes, they'll actually go through the breakdown of your chart, but how it all connects, that itself is the art of astrology and that's where you need an astrologer to come in and do that for you. And a lot of the times, a lot of the readings that are a little bit quicker, they don't necessarily provide that insight. But if you don't want the full birth chart reading, I have a whole bunch of other readings where I look at specific areas of your life. So one of them is your professional reading, where I look at your professional career. And that is where I just look at your midheaven and what potential pathways are available available for you in the professional world and in a way how you contribute to the world and another one that I also look at is your north node so that's the life purpose reading and so again your north node talks about what you were here in this lifetime to do what you came to earth really to do and so that is a much cheaper reading and it's priced at around 150. I give you around three to four pages of knowledge. And this is for both the professional and the life purpose readings. 
And I just look at those specific aspects. And so that's priced a lot better if you just want just one snippet of your chart. And that's okay. I also have the love reading where what do you need to feel safe and secure in a relationship? And I look at a whole bunch of aspects that I find are very important for relationships and, well, just love. And love comes in many different forms. Self-love is one of the biggest ones. And so that's also priced at 150 I also look at just your chart breakdown. So if you just want to know what exactly is present in your chart, I can just provide that for you. And that's priced at 25 obviously a lot cheaper. If you want to ask a specific question about your chart, I'm more than willing to answer that as well. And that's priced at 50 and then I also do compatibility readings. And again, I like to, I like to use a word of caution when I say compatibility readings or synastry readings because astrology readings should just be confirmation. There is not a single, there is not a single thing in the world that can say who you should or shouldn't be with, really. Because if there is no intention, then it's redundant. If you want to be with somebody, you're going to be with that person. It's that simple. You, all you need is intention. You don't need me here to tell you what you should or shouldn't do. And so my synastry readings or my compatibility readings are a little bit different in the sense that I, I need confirmation that you know this person for at least a year. And again, if you choose to lie about that, that's on you. Um, it's unfortunately not on me. But that's confirmation for me that you are committed to be with this person. And again, relationships have many different sizes and shapes. So there's platonic relationships, there's familial relationships, like a relationship between a parent and a child, or even just your regular romantic relationships. And so I look at all of those relationships. You just have to tell me what type of relationship it is, just specify and define it. And I will, again, change my reading accordingly and have it cater to this specific relationship. And so that is the main breakdown of my readings. But there is something else that I did create, and that is my ICU series. So these are pre-recorded personalized readings, if you may. They're not specifically the readings where I give you this individualized document where I'm analyzing your birth chart or your person of interest birth chart and comparing it to yours. But essentially, I look at just one aspect that is present in your chart. And so for the first one that I have right now is your moon sign. And this is looking at what self-care looks like for you based on your moon sign. And I think the moon sign is a very relevant when it comes to self-care habits and needs. And the readings, well, the recordings specifically, they go in depth into why I think the moon sign is so relevant and important and significant for your self-care. But if you're aware of what your moon sign is, you can just purchase one of these readings 
And well, if you're interested in learning about what self-care looks like for you, you can just follow it based on your moon sign. And these are a lot more affordable. They're just $25. I named this whole little section the ICU series is because I essentially want to tell you as my listeners, as my clients, that I see you for who you are and that I really want to bring this personalized, individualized touch to my readings so that I can essentially tell you that you're important, you're valuable, and that you matter and that you're significant and that every little thing that you do contributes to the world around you, whether you believe it or not. And that's the whole magic of astrology that I just want to continue conveying, whether it be through my podcast or through my readings, that you are a complex, nuanced individual that brings many things to the table and that there are many different layers to you and that you are not just, well, a stereotype and that you're not bound to it and that all the different energies that are present in your chart make you special and that there are so many different things that I can learn from all the different energies that are present in your chart and that the world can learn from. And so that's the whole idea of that ICU series. And so right now I just have the moon sign in self-care. If I get a good response for this, then I'll probably release a lot more. And it'll be for other placements like your Venus sign or your sun sign or your fifth house. I, there's so many ideas on the back burner. I just want to see that it's doing what it's supposed to do. And I really suck at self-promotion. <laughs> and so I did post quite a few things on Instagram that if you haven't followed, it's Plutonian Aquarius, just my name. And I've posted a lot of different, well, commercialized little fun things that'll give you a lot more insight. But if not, that's okay. Now I'm on the podcast promoting my website. And before you also book a reading... Um, I suggest that you actually read through my disclaimer page and my frequently asked page, page. They're actually the same page where it goes in depth into why I charge the way that I charge. What do my readings include? What makes me different than a regular, not regular, um, other astrologers? Because uh, which, which astrologer is regular? Let's be honest. And also, if you're more interested in astrology and, and want to know more, I also talk about possible resources that you can actually access and also my principles as an astrologer. These are things that I won't compromise on and they're very similar to the disclaimers that I mentioned in the very first episode and I live by those and again I will not compromise on those values because they're very important to me and make me an ethical astrologer and again very important to me and I will not settle for anything less. And Again, um, the website also has links to podcast episodes. So in case somebody you know wants to actually learn about my podcast or about me and they don't have Instagram, just send my website to them. And all they need is there. If anything, there's actually more information there. 
And there's also a section where you can reach out to me, contact me. There's also a reviews page. And I would love it if you could review even my podcast. You don't, you don't have to purchase anything else. Any of my readings, any of my products, no. If you could just leave a review on just my podcast that you've listened to thus far, the episodes that you've listened to, I would really, really appreciate it. And I will post all of the reviews, even the bad ones. So far, I only have a couple, but I'll even, re- I'll even post the bad ones, I promise. Because accountability is important, but also feedback. I really, really appreciate the feedback. I've gotten quite a bit of feedback from the few people that did leave a review. And again, I'm incorporating that into the future readings that I'll be doing in case people purchase future readings. And again, because this is a one-woman show, I also have a donation section. So I would really appreciate it if you could just leave even a couple of bucks to support me because again this is all coming out of my pocket and while I love doing it it again again because it's just me and I want this to be something that I can continue doing but I I would really really appreciate all of your support so any little thing that you can you can give to support me I would really really appreciate it and support honestly means sharing my stuff if you can't afford like my services, that is completely fine. Sharing does way more, if anything. Right? So I really appreciate whatever you can do. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, I spent 17 minutes talking about my website. But I really wanted to go in-depth into it. Especially because I feel like most of my exposure comes from the podcast itself. Rather than like social media. If anything, I'm... I'm <laughs> I suck with having a social media presence. I can't. I should do TikTok, but I can't. I can't. I'm, I'm so bad at it. <sighs> Anyways, we're going to move on to today's content. That is the next sister sign duo that we have. And that is Cancer and Capricorn. And so Cancer is a water sign and Capricorn is the opposite, the earth sign. And so these two sister signs are actually two of my favorites because I love Capricorns. I am shamelessly open about it. Like, I don't hide it at all. I love all the signs, but Capricorns have this beautiful, special place in my heart. To all the Capricorns in my life, I love you. You're the best. (laughs) And so if you've listened to my other um, episodes about the sister signs, you'll know that it's really funny how similar sister signs are, even if they just have different ways of approaching the world. And so we'll start off with Cancer. Cancer is a cardinal sign and a feminine sign, just like Capricorn. And cardinal means that you like to initiate things. And feminine means you take that energy inwards. Now, Cancer is represented by the crab and it's also ruled by the moon now cancer comes after the sign of gemini and as we go through the zodiac and we progress through the zodiac each sign has its own lesson that it teaches us about our whole life cycle as a human and so with aries we, we first come into the world and aries teaches us 
to kind of take the world by the horns and just experience it to the fullest. And with Taurus, we kind of take a step back and we're like, we have this entire world. Let's enjoy it one step at a time. And then with Gemini, we start to learn about self-awareness and that Yes, we exist in a world, but we also have thoughts of our own. So it's with Gemini that we actually start self-awareness. And Cancer takes that idea and also builds on it. Cancer is also where we start to understand about our place in the world that we exist in. Gemini does it from an intellectual perspective. And so Gemini is focused on the mind. So Gemini wants you to think about the thoughts that are coming in your head. But cancer, cancer does the opposite. The opposite of the intellectual world is our emotional world. And so cancer first lets us have the self-awareness about our emotional world. Cancer is the first sign to really understand that we have emotions that actually control a large part of who we are. And Interestingly enough, and I don't think it's a coincidence either, but Cancer is the first water sign that we have in the zodiac, right? Aries is a fire sign. um, Taurus is the earth sign. Gemini is the air sign. Cancer is a water sign, a cardinal water sign. And so water is the emotional realm. It's the emotions. So it makes sense that in Cancer, we first start to understand about our emotional world. And it's really funny because cancer is also ruled by the moon. And the moon specifically rules our emotional realm. And our emotions are very instinctual. And if anything, sometimes they're secretive because we don't always like to show our emotions in the real world. And so by being aware of our emotions, cancer reminds us that, well, Emotions actually make up a large part of who we are. And that if anything, a lot of us are actually controlled by our emotions. By this like instinctual world within us. And cancer always gets this stereotype of being this crybaby. So being this chaotic individual who just rule is ruled by their emotions, really. And what's wrong with that? What's wrong with being a crybaby? What is wrong with being in touch with your emotions? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But a lot of us grow up with the idea that the more emotional we are, the more it stops us from surviving out in the real world. Because in the real world, we can't always do what it is that feels right. We can't always do what it is our emotions want us to do. But yet, our emotions make up a large part of who we are. And the moon also represents our mother in our chart. And when I mean mother, I usually mean the nurturing figure in your life. And traditionally, the nurturing presence in most of our lives is our mom. For me, it was a little bit different. It was actually my dad who was the nurturing figure. But again, it doesn't necessarily have to be a specific gender, but... Traditionally, and in most cultures and in most parts of the world, it's usually the mom who's the nurturing force. And it's usually our relationship with our mom 
that actually tells us how we accept, embrace our emotions, and even navigate them. Because think about when you're a baby, and this will probably say, this will probably help you understand why it is that poor cancer gets this stereotype of being a crybaby. Because cancer does remind us a lot of our childhood, and a lot of it of when we were a baby. So when we come into the world, and when we're babies, we're connected to our mom right from the very, like right before we're even born, when we're in the womb. We're comforted by our mother's presence because, well, we've been connected to our moms for like nine months. And a lot of the times, depending on who raised us, and again, I'm saying this really generally, and so I may just continuously just say mom, but take mom with a grain of salt. Because again, if you were raised by a different figure, like your grandma, your father, right? And then that same principle still applies. But when you're a child, when you're a baby and you can't communicate, the only way that our caregivers really know that we need something is when we cry. When we fidget, when we laugh, that's how they know. It's our emotions that actually tell us that, or not tell us, tells our caregivers that we need something or how we're feeling or what what exactly we're trying to communicate. It's very instinctual. Because when we're babies, we can't necessarily talk. We can't necessarily tell you what it is that we need or want. So it just has to be our emotions. And depending on how our caregiver responded to our needs, it tells us how how we can navigate our own emotions. So if your caregiver was a little bit more on the hesitant side to soothe you, to comfort you, then you may grow up feeling that maybe your emotions are something that need to be ignored or maybe that you deal with your emotions a little bit unconventionally. You don't necessarily always like feeling your emotions. These are just examples. Um, Again, I don't necessarily know how an individual will react depending on what was provided to them or modeled for them as a child. Because again, humans are complex. Nobody can really predict how a person will turn out. Yes, we have studies, we have theories. But at the end of the day, humans are complex. And everybody has different intentions. If you choose a different pathway, then that's yours. So again, I'm saying this very generally. But now, if you have you had a caregiver that was always present, that was always there to soothe you, you may either expect them to always be there always be comforted or you may even have just a healthy sense of understanding of your emotions and your emotional world but regardless we first learn to navigate our emotions through the first nurturing figure in our life which oftentimes is our mother and in a way cancer wants to hold on to that wants to hold on to that emotional security that was provided to them when they were a baby They came from, a lot of the times, their mom. And that's the reason why cancers are just so instinctual. Because they have this deep connection to, again, you could say that it's their mom, that nurturing presence in their life, but they have this deep connection to their emotions. Their emotions, in a way, bring them comfort because they're so in touch with their emotions. They have this different sense of understanding of themselves. That again, maybe the rest of us could really learn from. Because your emotions, 
bring a different sense of truth than sometimes our mind can really do for us. Because again, we can always have doubts in our mind, but our feelings, we can't necessarily always control our feelings. They kind of just pour out, right? So there's a lot of truth and clarity into your feelings because you can't, again, you can't imagine them. And that's the reason why, like, you should never invalidate somebody's emotions because their emotions are very much real to them. They don't need to make sense to you, but they're coming from that person for a reason. They can't control it. It's very instinctual for a reason. And so cancers are just so deeply in tune with that, with that realm that the rest of us, well, even me, are like a lot of air signs. We're a little bit detached from our emotions, air moons specifically. And so <laughs> we can learn a lot from a lot of cancer moons about getting in touch with our emotional world. And I know a lot of us can be really uncomfortable with, again, navigating our, our emotions and our feelings and that finicky side because a lot of the times our emotions don't make sense. And that's okay. They don't have to. Because again, they're just emotions. And so that's why a lot of us can kind of stray away from the messiness of our emotions, right? Because that's what they are. They're messy. They don't make sense. You can't rationalize your emotions. You can try, but a lot of the times it's really hard to because you just feel your emotions. And so that's one of the reasons why poor old cancer gets this poor stereotype of being a crybaby. Just because they're in touch with their emotions. They're also known to be very chaotic. Just because they're in touch with their emotions? That's not fair. <laughs> a lot of these episodes are just me complaining about how it's not fair. These stereotypes are not fair. And you know what? I stand by it. <laughs> no, we should not stereotype any of the poor sons. They teach us wonderful lessons and we should just learn from them, okay? And rather than judging them for just being who they are. It's not fair. It's not cool. <laughs> but regardless, that's the reason why poor old cancer is just labeled as that. When in reality, they have a very deep understanding of their emotional world. Like they have deep emotional intelligence for a reason. The reason why... They are so good at connecting with other people and being so compassionate is because they're just so deeply in touch with their own emotions that when they see it in other people, doesn't phase them, doesn't scare them, and they are amazing at comforting people just because they have the deeper understanding of their emotional world. And a lot of the time, having that connection with their emotions is related to that relationship that they have with their mom or that nurturing figure in their life where... They want that comfort. They want that emotional security. They realize that the world isn't necessarily the best place in the world. And that maybe they want that comfort. Maybe they want to be in that shell. That crab's shell. But regardless, we can't always be under the shadow of our mom forever. We have to unfortunately go out into the real world. We have to face the world. And... Even the not-so-nice parts of life. But a lot of the times, that not-so-nice part of life teaches you a lot 
And that's the only way that you can grow and become your own person. And so cancer has a deep need to feel emotionally secure, to have that emotional validation, to have that nostalgic connection with their nurturing figure, whether they had that nurturing figure in their life or not. There's this nostalgic, whether it's a want or a need or a desire, there's always this nostalgia associated with, well, maybe things would be different if I had this protection, right? And it doesn't matter if they had that emotional protection growing up or not. They really seek it out. And a lot of the times they seek it out through other people, through material substances as well. But a lot of the times what cancer has to understand and realize is that that emotional security, it only comes from within. That home that they're looking for, that home that protects them, it comes from them. And that the only person that can really truly soothe them and comfort them and validate them is them. You are the only person that can really truly understand you. Our moms can try, or those nurturing figures can try, but at the end of the day, if you rely so much on somebody else, and that includes your, again, parental figures, then it's hard for you to step out into the world because what do you do when they're not there, right? And that becomes a dilemma. And a lot of the times with cancer too, there is this strong attachment to their home. And home, I mean that in a general term, that connection mainly to their parents because our home or where we grew up, that childhood, it tethers us because it gives us this sense of protection and comfort because that was what shielded us from the dark, ugly place that the world is. But unfortunately, the only way that we can be our own person, be an adult in the real world, is when we leave our home, when we become adults, really. And that's part of being a grown-up, is that we kind of just have to leave the comfort and safety that we exist in. And that growth only happens outside of our comfort zone. And while it's nice to reminisce over maybe a simpler, a simpler past, a simpler time, we're not meant to live in the past. We're meant to live in the present so that we can prepare for the future. We're meant to grow. We're not meant to really be stagnant. It's not fun if you do that. Because then you'll wake up one morning and your whole life will have passed by and you're like, wait, what? Huh? I didn't do anything. That's because you're meant to do it in the present moment. And so that's really the lesson for cancer. And that what cancer also teaches us is that it's really important to be in touch with your emotions. And that the only person that can truly, truly validate you is yourself. And think about the crab. And I think the crab is a perfect analogy for cancer in this sense. The crab has its own shell. The crab quite literally carries its home around everywhere. And so they're, whenever, they, whenever they simply just need to retreat, they just retreat back into their shell. That's their home. And their home is wherever they are. And so really, you can make a home anywhere. You can create that comfort and that security for yourself wherever you go. Because that comfort and that security comes from you. 
so that when people try and invalidate your emotions, when people try and question your feelings, you can stand strong and go, that is not fair. Stop trying to invalidate me. These are my emo- emotions. Ooh, sorry, butchered that. These are my emotions and they belong to me. And I know what I'm feeling and I don't need you to tell me how I should or shouldn't feel. It's that simple. You have to be your own protector, your own guardian. And in a way, that idea of having that protection, it comes from you. Where when the world gets too much, you go back and you retreat back to that home, that same home that you had from your childhood, where your parents, where those nurturing figures protected you, whether they existed or not, but even the idea matters. The idea of having something to go back to that, again, can protect you from the world. When the world gets too much, retreat back into that shell. And because cancer is that emotional sign, because it's a water sign at the end of the day, having that emotional security is what gets you through life completely. When you have that emotional security from within, there is not a single force in the world that can stop you from essentially conquering the world and doing the things that you want to do. And that's how you step outside of your comfort zone, is that you know that if things don't always go according to plan, you'll be okay. You'll be there to comfort yourself. And in a way, you are the chaos because you understand the turbulence of your emotions so that you can, uh, you can actually truly embrace the chaos of the world around you. So when, again, when the world gets too chaotic, you have a way to bring yourself back down to that equilibrium, to ground you in a way. And that just happens with you being in touch with the chaos of your emotional world. And that just sounds so counterintuitive, but it all just comes together. And that's what it means to be a cancer. To have that emotional intelligence. That emotional intelligence is your strength. So the next time somebody (laughs) tries to make fun of you for being a cancer and having emotions, you can just walk away and tell them, well, my emotions are my strength. They may not be yours. And if anything, that's a sad thing. (laughs) Right? Yeah, you can, you, you, I, I give you full freedom to say that, say that to somebody. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah own them with that statement mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe you're not in touch with your emotions but I certainly am okay so that's a you problem mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah your emotions are your strength because you have this deeper connection and understanding of the emotions that exist within you it makes it so much more easier for you to connect with other people Because you will understand their emotions so well. And that's the reason why cancer is just such a nurturing figure. And that only happens when they have kind of resolved that chaos within themselves. Where they have this need to feel protected. And so rather than going out and trying to seek that from other people. And kind of, well, not only being a victim (laughs) of people that will try and take advantage of that. But also being the person that takes advantage of other people. Being that emotional vampire in a way. 
you can prevent all of that if you have that solid sense of self from within, that solid sense of emotional security that comes from you and only you alone. Because when you are very much sure of yourself, nobody can question you at all. They can try, but it won't bother you because you're like, well, I know who I am. I'll still be who I am regardless of what you say or do. Right? That, that's the whole idea of confidence and self-awareness. I know who I am. I know what I bring to the table. And that's where you have to remind yourself, Cancer. You bring a lot to the table. You have a lot of emotions. And you validate your own emotions. You don't need anybody to do that for you. That itself is how you build your emotional security. Because like the crab, no matter where you go, you'll always have your home with you. You always have a safe space. That's, that safe space comes from you. And so, again... If a lot of us were fortunate enough to have this idea of healthy attachment from our nurturing figure, then we don't necessarily have to go out and learn how to do it. But ideally, in the perfect world, we learn about the idea of processing your emotions through the first nurturing figures in our life that either validate our emotions or, well, they don't. There's only so much we can do. But ideally, they should be validating our emotions so that when we do handle our own emotions, we know how to process them, we know how to handle them. And that when somebody tries to question our emotions, we know that our emotions are true and real to us. And that nobody will influence our emotions, really. But what's really interesting is that the opposite sign, and again... It's not really a surprise that it's so interesting because I've mentioned this several times in all of my sister sign episodes. Is that the opposite sign of cancer, Capricorn, also has that same principle of trying to create security out in the world. That is that overarching idea that I keep talking about that kind of joins the sister signs together. Even if they have different ways of manifesting this core value, that overarching theme is going to be present in both of these signs. And if anything, they can learn from each other a different way of, well, viewing this overarching theme. So Cancer, again, builds this emotional security through, well, they build the security, my bad, through having this emotional safe space for themselves that Again, our nurturing figures are supposed to provide for us, but it doesn't always happen. And so when you have that safe space for yourself, you can go out and you can conquer the world. And that safe space can sometimes prevent us from going out into the real world and being our own person. But it must be done. Now Capricorn. Capricorn actually kind of faces the real world real early on. And kind of learns the lessons that come from, again, being present in the real world, being present with the crap that exists in the world, and kind of, again, well, understanding that this is a part of being an adult, that we kind of have to, we kind of have to do the things that make us uncomfortable, because that's the only way that we can learn and grow. Capricorn takes it head on, but by doing that, they learn the lessons that come with that, come with being uncomfortable and in a way 
that's how they begin creating security for themselves. But Capricorn is a earth sign. It's also a cardinal earth sign, just like Cancer, cardinal sign. And it's also a feminine sign, so the energy is brought inwards. Now Capricorn is symbolized by the goat or the sea goat. So there is some water imagery associated with Capricorn, even though Capricorn is an earth sign. And that's very interesting, actually, to me. Because Capricorn's an earth sign. And to have this water imagery kind of just gives them a not-so-earth reputation. But if anything, I think it's a very fitting picture. Because a Capricorn that's reached their highest potential works from a place of spiritual enlightenment. Which is really funny because I know Capricorn, poor old Capricorn, also gets the stereotype of simply just being somebody that only cares about work and money and status and reputation and power and that all they ever just care about is just achieving and that they're not actually working from a place of passion of true spiritual understanding because they're just so deeply rooted in the material world when really Capricorn nearly everything that Capricorn does all the big projects that they seek to create and seek to do come from a place of spiritual understanding and that spirituality exists within the 3D and that they aren't just big concepts or ideas that are unattainable no everything that they do has a higher meaning and purpose in a way they're actually trying to create heaven on earth what what does that mean huh because again capricorn is never ever really been presented that way and while i do understand that capricorn being a cardinal earth sign they're very pragmatic mm-hmm. that's the thing that makes earth signs them is that they only like to do things that are tangible they're very realistic they're very grounded and rooted in reality but they are probably one of the few people that can actually take all of these visions these big ideas that we all have that we dream about that whole idea of utopia and try and make it a reality because what's the point of having all these big dreams if it can't actually be manifested into the real world then it's simply just a dream Capricorn challenges us on that because a lot of the times we like to hide away our dreams and just say, well, they're just dreams. They're not always going to be possible. No, Capricorn wants you to have that good life and actually makes you try and believe that maybe it's possible and that dreams shouldn't just be dreams and that we deserve a better world. And the reason Capricorn thinks that way, and that's really what their purpose and lesson is, is because Capricorn comes after Sagittarius. And Sagittarius, as a sign, is searching for higher meaning. The meaning of life. And that's what I talked about in the last episode, where Sagittarius is really trying to figure out what our meaning and purpose in this life is. 
They're really trying to seek out, again, the higher truth and the meaning of why we're here. And a lot of the times that comes through spirituality. And so Sagittarius really wants to go out and learn about all these different ideas, these theories, principles, to try and understand why our world is the way that we are and what our purpose and meaning in this lifetime really is. But then Capricorn takes those ideas, those visions, those ideals that Sagittarius spend so much time trying to learn and accumulate and take that limitless belief that Sagittarius has and kind of brings it down to earth and basically takes those, again, dreams and tries to make them a reality in the limitation and constraints of our human, human reality and our human existence. Because again, why should a vision, why should a dream simply just remain a dream? And so the creativity that Sagittarius has should be used for our benefit. And Capricorn takes that. And if anything, Capricorn reminds us that there is so much divinity and so much enlightenment, spiritual enlightenment, that can come from simply just the everyday life, the mundane existence. And in a way, Capricorn wants us to make spirituality accessible. And what that essentially means is that spiritual enlightenment shouldn't be just, well, I meditate for hours and hours a day. Because Capricorn tells us, hey, we all got bills to pay, man. We can't be doing that. No, it would be great if we all could and we would all be spiritually enlightened if that was one of the only ways. But unfortunately, a lot of us have responsibilities. And that part of being an adult means having responsibilities. And so we should still have that access to divinity and enlightenment in our everyday life. And that life isn't just mundane and boring. And that being an adult isn't necessarily a bad thing. And so everything a Capricorn does that, again, we like to label as boring and dry and stale and they're just cookie cutters and blah, blah, blah. Capricorn genuinely enjoys doing adult things. <laughs> ooh, ooh, that had weird connotations. Adult responsibilities. And, you know, going to work, paying my bills, paying my taxes, taking care of the people around me with the money I make. Because there is a lot that you can learn from simply just going through these simpler and maybe less glorified aspects of human existence. Because we should only be doing this, all of these things, with a sense of higher purpose, right? I want to work so that I can feed my family. That itself is a beautiful thing. You're doing that because you want to protect somebody. You want to take care of somebody. You want to provide security for the people around you. And because you're coming from a place of love, unconditional love, how is that not divine? How is that not spiritual, right? And so, again, Capricorn reminds us that heaven on earth can exist. We just have to let ourselves believe and come down to earth, really, and try and test out these ideas with these limitations of life. And so, 
Capricorn is also ruled by Saturn. And if you heard my episode about Saturn, you'll know that Saturn reminds us about restriction because we need discipline in order for society to function. If we all just do whatever we want and if everything's limitless and abundant, then everything kind of loses its meaning. But knowing that we all just have a finite amount of time in this world makes us and force us to try and do the most that we can in the finite amount of time that we have in this human existence on earth, really. And so in that time, you want to be, you want to do the things that you want to do. You want to give back to the world, right? You want to create something that the generations after you can kind of, well, reap the benefits of. And we need those structures and we need those foundations. We need laws. We need rules. Otherwise, society will cease to exist. That's what Capricorn reminds us. And not so coincidentally, Capricorn also rules over the 10th house or the midheaven, which is your professional house, your career house. And usually it's through our careers and our professional pathways that we contribute to the world, that we give back. Because when we give back and when we leave a legacy, we create that security for other people around us so that the later generations that can come, they can reap the benefits of the foundations that we put in, that essentially security that we created for them, that they can use. Because foundation and discipline, in a way, is a form of security. Because when you have the discipline, when you have rules set in place, in case you don't know what to do, you have rules that can teach you what you should do or shouldn't do. Because at the end of the day, a lot of us don't come to the world knowing how to navigate life. And so having rules, having restrictions teaches us what we can and cannot do. So if we're unsure, at least there's something that can guide us. So in a way, that's also how Capricorn goes about creating security out in the world. And the whole idea is that Capricorn wants to create these foundations that will withstand the test of time because those foundations and your legacy can come in so many different ways whether it's simply just through the acts of service that you've done for people that people remember and so that people can be inspired to also do the same thing it could be something just as well small and seemingly insignificant but it's clearly not insignificant that is how you leave a legacy Right? Your legacy doesn't necessarily always just have to be something very physical, like this big fancy tower that is the booming cent- the hub, the booming, cent- I don't know, the hub for, I, I keep thinking, the booming center for finance. That is the first thing that's coming into my head. But that is a possibility as well. Right? It can be something just as physical and tangible like that. But it could also be through the things that you've done. Right? Like maybe you were the first person to actually actively talk about wellness. And you brought wellness into everyday life that people can now use in their own life. Like um, an appropriate wellness method, method, for example, like meditation. 
right? Why should meditation only be kept for people that are, again, on their spiritual pathway, who are enlightened, who have spoken with God? Why can't it just be like everyday people? Why can't we, like, reap the benefits? Capricorn's like, well, the whole idea of having a society is that everybody should have that access, right? So the first time that we actually start to think about how we can give back to society comes from Capricorn. Because as we get into the later zodiac signs, it usually starts with Capricorn. So it's Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces, where they start to think about the world around them and how they can make the world a better place. Because the signs before that were trying to accumulate all of this knowledge, all of this personal understanding of themselves so that they could go out into the world and understand the world better. And once you've done that, now you can go out and give back to society. And Capricorn is the first sign to do that. Capricorn creates society in a way because society is only created on foundations, limitations, restrictions, all the things that we all kind of like to hate and kind of, again, kind of like to ignore. Because again, a lot of us don't like restriction. Discipline is a lot of hard work, but Capricorn reminds us that there is a lot of beauty that can be found in simply just getting your hands dirty from simply experiencing life as it's meant to be. And that life isn't always just going to be a rosy picture. And that there are so many lessons. There's an invaluable amount of wisdom that comes from simply just experiencing life as it is. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to fall. But it doesn't matter how many times we fall. What matters is how we figure out how we can get back up. So that the next time it happens, we're not scared. And so cancer reminds us that it's important to have a safe space for when the world gets tough. But Capricorn tells us, hey, the world can be scary, but by knowing that the world is maybe just kind of our guiding book in a way, because of each and every single lesson that we learn through life, we become better at navigating it. And so that's the reason why like Capricorns are like little adults when they're babies. <laughs> like... It's like Boss Baby, you know, if you've ever seen Boss Baby. Like he just, they just burn a boss. <laughs> because Capricorn just knows early on, like, hey, hey, the only way to really navigate life is to just face it head on and to just get right into it. So they're just like, okay, let's just be an adult. So again, there is quite a bit of stereotype but I don't know how stereotypical it is considering how many Capricorns I've met who've had this kind of life but you could also say that the reason they go through this life is because they're just so self-aware that the world is not a nice place and they take on responsibilities really quickly but a lot of the times Capricorns the reason why they grow up so fast is because they just end up dealing with the harsher parts of life really early on they're never really given that luxury to be protected in a way that sometimes cancer is granted because again, sometimes cancer gets protected by whether it's intentional or unintentional. But Capricorn kind of just has to buckle up their boots really early on and go out and make a living at the 
the ripe age of five. Poor guys. Poor little babies. They're working too hard. <laughs> we must save the Capricorns. <laughs> but a lot of it could be is just that they're just aware that the only way that they can grow up is if they realize that they have to go out and be responsible. They have to take on responsibility. They have to go out and pay the bills. They have to go out and get the job. They just realize it really early on and they don't really, they don't really try and fight it and they don't question it and they don't argue about why they should, why their innocence was taken away from them. They're just like, well, this is reality. And that's because earth signs are just so pragmatic. They're so realistic to the point that sometimes it can be annoying. But you know what? I think that's really admirable because while the rest of us are still trying to, still trying to stop our innocence from leaving us, this doesn't apply to me. I'm, I, was, mm, I was a Scorpio. I had the Scorpio life. I still have the Scorpio life. So life wasn't that great to me. And I was like, okay, I got to do what I got to do. So I was also under that umbrella with Capricorn. But I know a lot of other my, a lot of my other peers, a lot of them are still trying to hold on to their youth and innocence. And it's nice because it's a nice place. I get it. Who wants to deal with the cold, ugly, dark world? Certainly not us, but we got to do it. But regardless, Capricorn just faces it head on because they realize that the more they complain, the more harder it is on themselves. So they just do what they got to do. And that's the reason why I find Capricorn so cool. In case you were ever wondering, it's just, oh, it's just, oh my God, big dick energy. Oh my gosh, girl boss, guy boss or whatever vibes. Ugh, ugh, it's just so beautiful. Mm, I love it. Ugh, ugh, just beautiful boss energy. Yeah, yeah, they don't question it. They just do what they have to do. And again, that's why we kind of all fear Capricorn's power. Because really, if you're unafraid of the world, there isn't a single thing that you can't do, right? And it's like, it's so scary. Like, are you dead on the inside? No. They're just realistic. And so by doing that, they have this sense of security. And if, as a Capricorn, if you're wondering why life isn't working out for you, it's probably just the fact that you just have to embrace the joy of being an adult. Find that, again, that divinity, that spiritual enlightenment that can come from simply just doing those mundane things. Because at the end of the day, the sea goat, that represents Capricorn a lot better, in my opinion, than goat. Than simply just the goat. Because, yes, the goat is tenacious. 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 I butcher that. The goat is tenacious. <laughs> they persevere. They're diligent. Okay? Like, they scale up mountains that are really, really brutal. They don't care. They're fine. They'll find out a way to get up the mountain. They're okay. But with the seagoat symbolism, they have that connection to that watery realm, that spiritual realm, that unconscious side. And so everything that Capricorn really truly does comes from a spiritual lens. And so if you're wondering as a Capricorn, why life isn't working out for you, perhaps you're approaching it not from 
a spiritual lens. And maybe it's just very, 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 again, pragmatic. Very 3D. When in reality, you have to, in a way, with cognitive restructuring, you kind of have to view your life around you from a spiritual lens. And that everything that you're doing is, again, it's divine. Right? And that everything that you do contributes to the world around you, whether you believe it or not. And it could be something as simple as, well, I am paying my taxes. Because your taxes help so many other families that you don't even realize. Right? Like, you're creating, you're creating accessible spaces for a lot of impoverished communities and giving them an a- access to after-school programs for those kids. Now that's what your tax money is going to, right? In a way, Capricorn is the first one that reminds us that everything that we do contributes to society and that we all have a role in society. And the fact that we're all just sim- simply just continuing to do things to the best of our abilities from a place of love and a place of duty, that sense of duty, that this is what I have to do. This is what must be done. You're simply just making the world a better place. Right? It doesn't have to be something grand and dramatic. And Capricorn isn't that sign. They are not going to be that dramatic sign. No. They continuously and diligently just go through life. Working hard. So that everything around them, whether it be the people around them, whether it be the people that they're helping... And kind of live a better life. And again, maybe I'm biased, but I was really, I was raised by a very stereotypical Capricorn in the sense that he's worked hard all of his life so that he could provide for his family. And that the legacy that he's leaving behind is security for his family so that when he doesn't, when he's not around, his family will never have to struggle. And that's what Capricorn does. Again, they just do it in the 3D lens through the material world. And again, I know as we're getting into like new age spirituality and everybody's getting into the idea of spirituality and wellness, I know a lot of the times people like to, and also like as we get into like a lot of like understanding of activism and social causes that, well, capitalism's bad. Okay, yeah, I know. Capitalism's terrible. Or that... We should constantly be questioning all of the people in power instead of simply just doing something about it, trying to the best of our abilities to try and make the world a better place, right? Spirituality doesn't mean that it can't be without the material world, right? Because yes, we know capitalism is bad, but sometimes we need capitalism because at the end of the day, we all have to pay our bills. And that unfortunately, the only way that we can take care of our families is if we go to work. And make money so that we can buy them food. Right? And so Capricorn steers away from that, again, that soapbox idea, for lack of a better word, of spirituality and wellness. And what it means to be like a social justice warrior. Things like that. And reminds you that we have limitations. 
and that we should try to the best of our abilities within those limitations that we're not helpless and we're not victims a lot of the times we can be but that's just life we can't do anything because of the system why don't we work within the system and try and that's a reminder that I've always needed because the world that we live in can get to you but that doesn't mean we shouldn't stop trying that every little thing that we do every little action that we do makes a difference because we all have a place in society for a reason and simply knowing that brings you that sense of security. And by doing that, you can create that security for other people around you. Capricorn does it from a physical sense. Cancer does it from an emotional sense. But both are very valid forms of security and necessary to function as a human being. And so that is all I have for these two adorable signs in my books and how they work together and what they both came here to teach us about security. Again, thank you for listening. And until next time, bye bye <laughs>